Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. Okay, today's ELA, Teaching ELA podcast episode focuses on what I would consider my first breakthrough short story, and that is the most dangerous game. I recall going to a conference long ago, 20 years ago, and actually shared something useful at this conference. I know it's kind of a shock. Changed my life. The first thing I did when I got back to my classroom was create this unit plan for the most dangerous game that I'm going to share with you now in this. If you're on your way to work right now and you need something to do in your class, or if your class is about to come in, we'll have something you can do right away. We'll also focus on the one thing, the one thing you can teach from the most dangerous game that by so teaching it, teaching everything else becomes either no longer necessary or easier to do. The most dangerous game, uh... Now, as far as the grade level goes for this book, I because it was in the ninth grade textbook when I started teaching, I taught it to ninth grade. I've seen it in higher level. I've also seen it in middle school textbooks. I have taught it to primarily to ninth grade, but I also taught it to my seventh grade ELA class this year. They needed a little bit more structure, a little bit more scaffolding for it, but they did okay. But I would consider this more of a high school short story. Sanger Rainsford. First of all, I give this, uh, as far as five stars go, I gave it a four, maybe a three and a half. The, the plot's the, the plot's great. The suspense is great. So you have this hunter, Sanger Rainsford. He's discussing his hunt. He, he discusses hunting with his friend on a boat. They're in the Caribbean, and just off, they're sailing past an island called Ship Trap Island. Dun dun dun. So Whitney goes to bed and Rainsford stays out there and falls into the, and I quote, blood warm waters of the Caribbean. Being someone who actually lives and teaches at an American school in the Caribbean, I can tell you the water is warm. I went today, as a matter of fact. It was very warm. Anyhow, I didn't fall off a boat. Rainsford did. And as the boat motors toward its destination, they're headed to South America to hunt leopards or something like that. Forgot the exact animal. Rainsford hears gunshots. Swims towards them and reaches the shore where he finds a mansion inhabited by the eccentric hunter, General Zaroff. I told you it was far-fetched. Zaroff tells Rainsford he hunts the most dangerous game on his island. People. Dun, dun, dun. Rainsford is mortified when he has chosen to become the most dangerous game in Zaroff's most dangerous game. See what I did there? Zaroff has several chances to kill Rainsford, yet chooses not to. Zaroff appears to have won the game, but Rainsford jumps off a cliff, swims to the other side of the island, and beats Zaroff back to his mansion where he feeds Zaroff to his dogs. <laughs> I told you it was far-fetched. Can't swim around an island? Come on. I live on an island. Anyhow, that's a summary of the most dangerous game, just so you're aware of what's going on. Class is about to start and you need something right now. So here's the one thing you can put on the board right now so when the students come in, you'll be ready to roll. All right, let's talk about this. You're on your way to work. You got something to teach right away. I am going to go 
with if you just need a lesson plan on the board, something on the board within the next five minutes, I am going to recommend for this story a word splash. If you've never done a word splash before, it's pretty simple. It'll take you about two minutes. On the board, draw a giant rectangle. In that bo- in the in the inside of the rectangle, write the words the most dangerous game. That's the title of the story, in case you didn't know it. Around around that, write down a few words. Those words are one of them could be boredom. And your students may or may not be able to re- relate to that. Mine do, some days. It wouldn't be in my class, so it would be in math class, because we all know math and science is boring. ELA, however, is go to the board now. Awesome! So we have boredom, murder. That'll get their attention. I put those in big letters because I think those two things kind of dominate the action, boredom and murder. Hunters, right? Hunters up there. And, 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 and just this is just around the rectangle. Just around the rectangle. They don't have to be, it's a word splash. You can just splash them up there in any old way. They don't have to be all neat and tidy and all that. So you have Hunter's Mansion, Survival, Ship Trap Island, Jungle, Death Swamp, Civilization, and Dog. So write those 10 words around your rectangle, the most dangerous game. It's Hunter's Mansion, Survival, Ship Trap Island, Dog, Civilization, Death Swamp, Jungle, Boredom, and Murder. And the great thing about this podcast is you can rewind it and listen to that list again. All right. When students come in, tell them, hey, we're going to read a story called The Most Dangerous Game. All these words around it are involved in the story. All these words around The Most Dangerous Game have something to do with the story. I want you now to write a prediction. Give me a paragraph. What you think, based on the word splash, what you think is in this story. Boom. You got a nice little intro activity. So if you're like scrambling right now, you're welcome. You're welcome. I just gave you something of value here. That'll keep students occupied for a good 15 to 20 minutes. You can discuss it, make the predictions, and then you can read. That way you're not stuck reading a story for 53 minutes, or in my case, I teach 90-minute classes. You guys do block scheduling? My goodness, who thought of that? Certainly not teachers. All right, before we get to our literary analysis part of this story, just want to caution you, there is some tricky vocabulary in this, so I recommend doing some kind of uh, pre-reading vocabulary. I have a, I, I use what's called the Context Clues Lesson Plan. If you've ever been to my website, ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, you've probably come across this beauty. It involves, as the name implies, students using context clues, but I've turned it into a challenge so it's a little more fun. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because I'm a professional podcaster. I have show notes now. Anyhow, let's get to the literary analysis part. I always begin my literary analysis with irony because all short stories seem to have irony. In this one, we have Rainsford at the beginning. He's sitting on a boat talking about how awesome it is to be the hunter, blah, 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 blah. And then before too long, he now becomes the hunted. And then we have the hunt itself with Zaroff hunting down Rainsford. Zaroff has uh, numerous chances to kill Rainsford, but he realizes that if he kills Rainsford, then he'll be bored. So he keeps him alive and dies pun are you like you like puns i love puns the word game the most dangerous game is obviously a pun here i shouldn't say obviously because you might be like i didn't know it you call me stupid no i'm not calling you stupid i've read the story seriously over 30 times so it's obvious to me they talk about game of course game is usually refers to something that's being hunted and in this case 
Zaroff thinks that the most dangerous game is human beings. And taken one step further, Rainsford himself, who's also an expert hunter, is the most dangerous game. And you could also just say this is a game. You could say the game of life is the most dangerous game. You can go on and on and on. I'm not going to do that. Suspense we're going to be talking more about later. And part of suspense is foreshadowing. Foreshadowing alert. There's a ton of foreshadowing. The name, I mean, come on. Some of the foreshadowing is a little bit heavy-handed. We have Ship Trap Island, really? Like, we don't know what's going to happen next. So a lot of foreshadowing. You'll want to discuss that when you discuss suspense. Conflict. This is the classic man versus man conflict. I say man versus man because they are men. In my class, I call this person versus person because... Not all short story characters are men, but in this case, they are. So I call it man versus man, Rainsford versus Zaroff, and I have a great little lesson here uh, to talk about. And the, uh, in fact, I'll just go over it now. It's the Super Bowl of hunting. Rainsford and Zaroff are the world's two greatest hunters, and they're squaring off on the battleground. And I have a little chart. I make a little chart. Rainsford on uh, Rainsford on the bottom, Zaroff on the top, and. You know, we compare their intelligence, we compare their skill, we compare the uh, the what I what I like to call the location because Zaroff has a huge, huge home island advantage, and they also put on equipment and motivation. This really isn't a fair hunt. Zaroff runs his mouth a lot about what a great hunter he is. Well, of course you're a great hunter. You have a gun, a pack of dogs, and a bodyguard with a knife, and all Rainsford has is a little switchblade. I mean, come on, dude. Well, you can, uh, if you're really daring, you can bring up the Second Amendment because Zaroff, as the governor of this island, is the only one on the island with weapons. So what happens when a citizenry is unarmed and the government is not? I'll let you handle that on your own. I do a little hunting questionnaire at the start of this unit. Just want to catch uh, students' thoughts on hunting. Depending on where I, where, I, where I teach, when I taught in Nevada, there were very few hunters. When I taught in South Carolina, I think everyone in the class was a hunter, so that was a little bit... Different experience with the story. All right, that sound can only mean one thing. It means it's time for the one thing. That's right. If there's one thing you teach from this story, it's going to be this right here. All right, so what's the one thing you can teach in the most dangerous game that'll be that'll make teaching everything else easier or no longer necessary and... In the past, I've always considered teaching the suspense part of this because when you're teaching suspense, you can touch into the vocabulary, you have mood, that sort of stuff. But the more I think about it, the more I realize, after I reviewed my unit, I think conflict would be the one thing. You know, this is such a great podcast. I'm even learning from it. (laughs) So by teaching conflict in the most dangerous game, this makes teaching the rest of the story easy easier and it makes teaching conflict and other stories easier as well so of course we're going to go over conflict here the i already mentioned it's the classic man versus man conflict you're, you'll you'll probably depending on the class you'll want to review uh, person versus the types of conflict you have person versus person there is some uh person versus nature here as well because rainsford does find himself in death swamp uh where he's trying to survive that and he's got dogs running after him and you could also, uh, person versus self, you could go with Zaroff battling his own boredom, which ultimately leads to his death. Person versus technology or supernatural. I don't see a whole lot of supernatural going on here, although the one captain of the ship does say, sailors have a strange dread of this place. No wonder. 
But we're going to go person versus person, man versus man, classic here, Rainsford versus Zaroff. I kind of briefly touched upon this. You teach conflict, and then you turn this into the Super Bowl of hunting. I must have taught this sometime around February once, and then the Super Bowl of hunting came to mind. And I have, you can find the Super Bowl of hunting on ELA Common Core Lesson Plans.com. It's a great, I'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> so fancy. So you have, Rainsford in one column, Zaroff in the other. And in the bottom, you're giving someone the edge. When I was younger, I'm kind of old now, but when I was younger, there was an individual known as Jimmy the Greek, and he would show up on the uh, NFL pregame football show, and he'd do all these categories, and he'd give one team the edge. Now it's kind of everyone does it, I guess. So you've probably seen it. but uh, So I'm treating this like a football game. So we have intelligence. I'll give you an example, some example answers. So we have Rainsford's ability... To think clearly while under stress is remarkable. He survived falling from a yacht, builds several traps to slow down his pursuers, and figures out how to win. Zaroff is intelligent enough to build a mansion and stock it with the world's finest items. On an isolated island in the Caribbean, he figured out a way to trap ships and hunt men. He underestimates Rainsford at the end of the story. For that reason, I give Rainsford the edge. Although, now that I live on an island in the Caribbean, I'm beginning to realize how hard it is to stock things and to get things here. So I might change that up. And you can. I have evidence now. All right. Ability. Rainsford is one of the world's greatest and most accomplished hunters. Zaroff has dedicated his life to hunting. I give the edge to Zaroff there. Strengths and advantages. Well, Zaroff has home island advantage, which gives him a huge, huge edge. Attitude toward each other, equal. They, I think they both respect each other. And attitude to, about hunting, in this case, being the hunted means you're trying to survive. Being the hunter, if you're bored, praise the quarry's going to get away. That's right, I said quarry. It's a hunting term. <laughs> That's the one thing. Once we get the dynamics down to, uh, by teaching conflict, it helps us understand the plot better. It helps us understand the suspense better. It helps us understand character motivation better. So there is the one thing. You're going to teach one thing from the most dangerous game. I would go with conflict. And I would use this conflict comparison because there is another comparison assignment that I also teach in my The Most Dangerous Game unit. It can be found on ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. And this compares animals to humans. We've got conflict, Rainsford Zaroff, man versus man conflict, which will skillfully lead you into the comparison part. This will also help you discuss dangerous action, which is one of the three methods used in this story to create suspense. Suspense is a big part of this story. You have pacing, you have foreshadowing, we, we touched upon that, and we have dangerous action. So the conflict between Zaroff and Rainsford brings out the dangerous action as well. So, are there any writing assignments that can go with this? Well, I, I kind of mentioned two of them. Two compare and contrast. You can use the Zaroff Rainsford Super Bowl of Hunting and predict a winner if you're into that sort of stuff. I would say you could gamble on it, but gambling's illegal. Well, you could still gamble on it, but if someone's, you could gamble. You know how you know how it ends. So you could uh, you got to supplement that income somehow, right? One last thing: there is a movie. There is the most dangerous game movie. There are two versions on YouTube. There's the full-length movie, about an hour and a half. And then there's the shortened movie, which is about an hour. And they both are terrible. 
There is a lot of unintentional comedy. Is it worth a show? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, if you have a half hour or so, 15, 20 minutes, the kids will get a kick out of it. The movie's from like the 50s or something like that, or the 40s. It's black and white, and uh, there's shark attacks, and uh, there's that overly dramatic acting reminiscent of King Kong, the old King Kong, for those of you who have seen that. So the movie is awful, but worth a good bit of unintentional comedy. Say it's on a Friday in December or something, or the day before, or the couple days before the Super Bowl. I don't know. Just a quick recap three takeaways from teaching the most dangerous game. You can get the students engaged in the story with a pre reading activity, the word splash, something you can throw up there right now if you're looking for an emergency lesson right away. Uh, you also have the one thing you could teach to make teaching the rest of the story easier would be conflict. How Zaroff and Rainsford's conflict leads naturally to a comparison contrast essay. It also helps students understand the dangerous action and gives you a quick lead into the suspense involved in the story. And third, suspense. We have dangerous action. We already talked about they're hunting each other. It's pretty dangerous. I've never hunted anyone. We have pacing. I mean, it takes Zaroff a long time to hunt him down. And we have, of course, foreshadowing. So those are the three takeaways, three things you can focus on. I'm going to throw in a bonus. I would recommend doing some kind of pre-reading vocabulary as well. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Anything we discussed in today's show will be in the show notes. There's plenty of links down there. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 